It's such a privilege to work out your calling with people like that. But his, his one thought was, the one thing you need to do is stay connected to the vine. Now, I want to I tell you, I'm going to start rebuilding. So when people come to me and they say, Ross, what is God's plan for my life according to the Bible? I, I draw them a box, and the box looks a bit like this. And I say, if you're in this box, you're in God's plan for your life. If you're in this box, you, you are nailing it. And the, the box is defined by these boundaries. The first one is becoming like Jesus. You want to know God's ultimate plan for your life. In Romans 8, it says that we would be conformed into the image of Christ. In Hebrews, it says that we will grow up into Christ. The the whole thinking is that we'll become more and more like Jesus every day. God's plan for your life, become more like Jesus, the biggest thing. But then he says, build the church. And if you missed last week, you should probably listen to that. We're the body of Christ. We're equipped to minister to the church. We're equipped to build the church. So much of the New Testament is about loving one another, caring for one another. They're all these one another's. It's all about building the church. God's plan for your life, build the church. God's plan for your life is make disciples. If you, if you really want to live in God's plan for your life, think about people who are far from God who you can lead to Christ and think about believers who you can grow up to become more and more mature. It's God's plan for your life. And the last thing is bring the kingdom. Now, this is a little more complicated because the kingdom is wherever Jesus is king. The kingdom is where he reigns. And so the church is the custodian. We hold the kingdom. We preach about the king. We're the ones who bring the kingdom onto the earth. And we do that in many different contexts. Here's the idea. If there's darkness... We as the church bring light because we're bringing the rule of Christ into that area and light comes in. If there's chaos, we bring order. If there's demonic activity, we bring the Holy Spirit in. We we deliver people. If there's sickness, we bring healing in. We're bringing the kingdom and you can bring the kingdom into bad culture and you can bring the kingdom into dirty streets and you can bring the kingdom where there's no creativity. You can bring the kingdom in millions of different ways. But the big idea is that you're bringing the rule of the king. Now, your job and who you marry and the lifestyle you live or the geography, it fits in here. It's just when you look at this stuff, it becomes really small. In fact, I've got a next picture of it getting small. That's about the right size for for that stuff. And the problem is when you put a magnifying glass on that, You often get so focused on my career, on who I marry, on how many kids I have, on my lifestyle, that you veer out of this box and you get this next picture. So many people have put their entire focus onto that and they've come right out of God's calling for their lives. And so today, I want to speak to you about how you get specific in the box. Because it's not like God doesn't have a plan. It's not like God doesn't care who you marry. It's not like God doesn't care about all of that stuff. He has a specific plan for your life. But it exists in the box. So I'm gonna read from Acts chapter 13, verse one. 
And this is a story about two men who find the specific calling of God for their lives. It says this, now in the church there was in Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manan, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul, that's later Paul. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them as they ministered to the Lord, ministered to the Lord. This isn't the language we use. Because when we think ministry, we think ministry to the poor. We think ministry to the brokenhearted. We think ministry to those who lack something. But when we think about God, He's all the omnis. He's got it all. He's all powerful, all knowing, all everything. He doesn't need ministry. But that wasn't how the early church thought. The way the early church thought is they took Old Testament thinking of temple worship and they, they brought that into the church. They look back, you can see this in Acts chapter nine, I think. They look back to the time of David when David hired 24 seven worship teams and priests to declare the word and teachers and prophets and he had them speaking and running that temple the whole time, 24 seven. The early church took that thinking of ministering unto the Lord with sacrifices and praise and worship, and they went, we can do something that pleases Jesus. Now each week I've been talking about the fact that if you see something clearly, you can respond appropriately. And, and so what I said was that if you see the church as the body, you respond appropriately by finding where you fit, who you are as a member. If you see the church as a community of faith, you, you start to move in and, and grow your faith in that community. It's, a, it's an appropriate response. If you see the church as a spiritual family, you will knit yourself in as brothers and sisters in Christ. Well, the thing that the church is when it comes to ministering unto the Lord is the bride of Christ. It's always awkward for a guy to refer to himself as a bride. But the scripture's so clear about this. And Paul, he tries to describe it so that we'll, especially guys, will be able to understand it. And, and he says this, he says in Ephesians 5, it says, as the scriptures say, a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife and the two are united into one. This is a great mystery, but it is an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. Here's what he's doing. He's showing a physical act of union. A husband and a wife making love, coming together, and he's, he's going, I don't know how to say this exactly, but that's kind of what happens when Jesus spiritually unites to his church as they minister unto him. See, this is intimacy. And what happens when you get intimate with your wife is you see parts of her that you don't see the rest of the time. You, you, you experience a different aspect, a, a deeper, more intimate aspect of her. What, what Christ is saying and what Paul's trying to show us is that when we minister unto the Lord, there is an a moment of intimacy that kicks in. And you've experienced this. If you've been in church for a long time, even if you're not a Christian, you've walked in, you've gone, 
flip, these oaks are singing the roof over, off of here. What on earth is going on? I, I had one non-Christian say to me, man, the energy in this place is off the chart. Like, this is language we use because we're trying to explain the presence of God in our midst. It's the bride of Christ ministering to Jesus. And what happens as the ministry happens, as we minister to Jesus, as we go, I haven't got much to give, but everything I am, I'm going to love you with. I'm going to sing out to. What happens is he begins to move spiritually and his spirit connects to our spirit. And as his spirit connects to our spirit, something rises inside of us. And in that space, just like a physical man coming together with a physical woman, in that space, physical children can be born. And in the space of us ministering to the Lord and His Spirit intertwining with our spirit, spiritual callings can be birthed. You want to know how you find your calling? How you find your space in the box? You see yourself as the bride of Christ and you minister to Jesus. You get your heart and your mind and your spirit so lined up to worship Jesus. You know, the early church, when they spoke about this, they called those moments love feasts. We call it communion. But I don't think their communion was a tiny little cup and a little piece of biscuit. I, I think they chowed. I think they drank and they chowed. And I think they took the roof off in worship. I think everything about what they did in that time, it was an intimacy that was happening with Jesus. I mean, if you're going to call it a love feast, there must have been an absolute partaking of the love of Christ. There must have been some spiritual power released by God that was rocking their worlds. This is being the bride of Christ. Communion. You see, communion, we, we read it in 1 Corinthians, and, and when we read in 1 Corinthians 11, we read it in the form of a rebuke. But it's, it's to a church that's got this thing wonky. But what communion is, is it's a celebration of who Jesus is. It's a, I love you with all my heart, and I'm going to minister unto the Lord with everything I've got. And the result is that intimacy happens and revelation happens and callings are birthed. And so this Acts 13, it ends like this. It says, Then having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away. So Barnabas and Saul were sent out by the Holy Spirit. They went down to the seaport of Seleucia and then sailed for the island of Cyprus. There in the town of Salamis, they went to the Jewish synagogues and preached the word of God. There were specific places the Holy Spirit led them to. There was specific thinking. Everything about it was specific, but it was in the box. And it all came out of a community, not one person in his bedroom singing out to God with all his heart, a community coming together and pouring their hearts out to Jesus. Now as we come to an end of this service, I want to say to you that whether you're just with your family at home, but there's more than one, or you're in a watch party in someone's home, well done, or you're in one of our church buildings, in this moment, you can be the bride of Christ 
and you can sing out and minister to the Lord. And you can declare truth about who Jesus is and what he is in your life and how he's conquered sin. And you can, you can take communion like a love feast. And this is what I'm praying that we will begin to do. We'll begin to say, man, God, I'm going to minister to you with all of my heart. Whether you tell me my next step, my next calling or not, that's immaterial. Right now, I'm just putting, I'm going to let everything that loves you express itself. I'm going to sacrifice, I'm going to give. And I believe that when you do that, you are like a magnet to the Holy Spirit. I believe that even if you're not a Christian, if you start praying prayers like, God, if you're real, come to me. If, if you'll start engaging with them, I believe something special will happen. So I've asked Justy to lead us in a song and I've asked Bones to, to help us take communion. And uh, I didn't really know how this was going to end. So I just told them, just make it up as you go. But this is what I'm asking in every single room watching this, that you stand, you get your communion stuff, and then you let your heart be poured out as you minister unto the Lord. So over to you guys. So stand, family, stand. And, and in this intimate moment, what, what, I, what I feel in this presence is not... Often when we, when we take this communion, when we get into these spaces, we get into a space of deep reflection and...